Hey guys, this week on the podcast, we have Sarah Michelle. She is a board certified family nurse practitioner, and she runs a test prep company for primary care nurse practitioners. Her business is at least a seven-figure business that centers around confidence building and reducing anxiety for NPs taking their board exams. When she was preparing for her own board exam, she felt like there wasn't a board review out there for someone just like her who suffered from crippling anxiety. Therefore, she went on a mission to make those two things the focus, and she gave herself to it completely. She loves to teach and she's taught on a variety of subjects. She's now teaching on the largest stage ever and she has a podcast titled Becoming a Stress-Free Nurse Practitioner, which is just fabulous. I've listened to it. It's very good. Check it out when you get some time. I'm so excited to dive into this podcast. She is such a hustler, works hard, and really has created an incredible business for herself. Guys, let's enjoy the ride. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, no, I'm so excited to hear all of your hats and everything you've got going <laughs> so on. Take it from the top and really explain kind of what your day looks like. I've told them what you're doing. You're running this big company, your CEO, woman in charge, but really take me through what your day looks like. So this is kind of a hard question because I feel like my day changes day to day because <laughs> we're still very much, we're not in startup culture anymore in my company. I feel like we've evolved past that because crazy enough. A year ago today, I had me, I had a part-time assistant who was a contractor. I had one part-time nurse practitioner who we do these things called live study groups. So I'll get up there and I'll teach and I'll call people and all this stuff. And I was kind of grooming her into teaching at the time, but she was mostly running the chat box. So like my business was the three of us. And so a year ago this time, you know, it's almost May, it's almost graduation season, like the big time is coming up. And I was like, okay, like, we need to hire some people. Like, I don't know who, I haven't totally figured it out yet, but I was like, I know we're gonna need just like hands on deck. Like we're just gonna need help. And so we ended up hiring our first two contractors and they worked out beautifully and they still work for me today. And so we've evolved from me and two part-time contractors last year. We hired on two more after that. So now we have 15 people I think seven of which I know, <laughs> like I can't even believe that someday myself. So seven of which are full-time, the rest are contractors, but our contractors get a lot of flexibility in what they do. So some of them almost, I feel like get close to full-time hours just on the sign up things and stuff that they pick up along the way. So to think even back a year ago today, where it was me and two part-time contractors to today, like there are literally 15 of us running like full speed ahead all the time kind of like breaks my own brain a little bit, but wow. it's been such massive growth. I mean, our first year, because I started at the end of May of 2020. So first year, last year, I mean, we had big growth, but from last year's May to this year's May has been like wild growth beyond my wildest dreams. My day-to-day really revolves a lot right now, unfortunately, <laughs> around the back end of the business. So when I started my business, I was like all front end all the time. And so what I mean by that is like, I didn't have a website. I didn't have an email set up. I had like nothing. All I had was I made a Facebook group. And like you said, I gave it away to my classmates for free. And I said, I'll give you this little course I made for free. If you'll just invite somebody into the group. And so I actually gave it to the first 100 people for free. And so it's literally from May of that year till 
September, I think it was. It might have been almost October. And we can talk about all the melodramas and lessons I've learned in business too. But I talked to every single customer on Facebook. People would send me private messages like, hey, I want your courses. I'd be like, okay, cool. You can pay me here, here, here. I wait for the payment to come through. And then I'd be like, okay, send me your email. Now I'll send you the course that I have, like these Zoom recordings, yeah. all this stuff. So to think about, that's what I did. And I was just like putting my face out there, talking to people literally nonstop. Like I remember the first day that I sold the course, my phone like exploded. Like I remember my husband, <laughs> we sitting in the living room. I was like, my phone just won't stop. Like I got overwhelmed. Like I threw my phone across the room. I was like, I can't even keep up with all these messages. Like what is happening to me right now? So to go from that to like now behind the scenes, I sit in a lot of like software meetings, legal meetings, accounting meetings. So now I'm like more on the back end, but I really keep up with the pieces that I truly genuinely love. So between all those meetings, because that has to run for day-to-day operations of a business. But between all those meetings, I'm still doing my life study groups. I still teach there. I'm still talking to students in our private community. I'm still talking to students in Facebook, just not nearly as much as it was in the beginning. So I've told you a lot of things now, so I'm going to stop rambling, but it's been crazy. It's been so fun. I literally, like, I just tell people all the time, like, always dreamed of being an educator. And I always thought, you know, I was very like stuck in that thinking of, well, like this has to be like, okay, I'll be an instructor, I'll teach some labs, I'll teach some courses, like maybe one day I'll become like an associate dean, the next step would be like a real dean, you know, et cetera. So I felt like I'm living out my dream just like 20 to 30 years before it was, I thought it was going to come, if that makes sense. I love this. I love this. (laughs) So I, what I, what I love most about your journey is that you're describing what I hear about, like from a lot of entrepreneurs, which is, it was all me. I was doing it all, all by myself and it was exhausting. Right. And then you hear this, like, I always hear there, there's this pivot moment where like all of a sudden the business starts giving back to you and you're able to step away, but your role then changes because you go from being really close to the front lines to now kind of being the general in the back, making all the decisive moves, the pieces. which the pieces, right? One of the things I'm, I'm thinking about as I'm hearing you, like what preparation did you have to then move from being kind of one of the frontline workers, <laughs> one of the, the, the soldiers of the front line to now being the general in the tent, making all the rules and coming up with all the strategic moves that you have to make to keep growing the business. I think there were two pieces and their names are Becca and Anna. So I'll start with Becca. It was like November of the first year I was in business and I was worn out because I was so terrified. This sounds so crazy now, but I was so terrified. We were already having so much success of quitting my full-time job and losing health insurance. I was like, how are we going to find health insurance? Like, what are we going to do? And that was like my holdup for Mm. quitting my job. And it actually, it took me quite some time after even I hired Becca on to quit my job. We like, I feel like we coached about that like every week. But in November of that year, I literally, and this will sound crazy too, but everything always comes full circle. A couple of years ago when I was working as a nurse, I actually was having to commute in on the weekend. So it'd be almost a two hour drive. I would work Friday and Saturday, or sorry, no, sorry, sorry, I worked Saturday and Sunday. And then I would drive back home and I would stay with a friend on Saturday night. So I wouldn't have to make the two hour commute in between. And so when I was doing that, 
my friend, my nurse friend had an idea for a taco truck. And so she, she went and got a massage and the lady who gave her a massage was talking about becoming a business coach. And so they did some business coaching together. And so I don't know why that like hung on in my brain, but it did. And so when, after I started my business in November of that year, I was just like so worn out because I was working 50 hours a week. And then every spare moment I had, I was working on my business. So like I would get up at 3 a.m. because I started teaching at 6.30. So I'd get up at 3 a.m. I'd work on my business till 6.30. And then when I got off work at 3 or 4 or 5, depending upon the day, I would work till 10 p.m. on my business. And then I would sleep very minimally and I would get up and start over. So like obviously like I was burning the candle at like literally every end the candle can burn. So I think Katie talked about one time a business coach for that taco van that she never fleshed out because Katie always has lots of fun. So I was like, I'll just call that lady up. Like, I'll just like, is she even still doing business coaching? I don't know, but I'll just call her up and see what happens. And so literally on a whim, I thought about it. We talked on the phone two hours later. I signed up for business coaching within five hours of that because luckily my husband was very supportive. because It was a big investment for us at the time. But he was like, yeah. if you're going to make something of this business, and he said, I have full faith that you can. He was like, you need help and you need guidance for someone that's built a business. And nobody around us has any experience like that in any capacity. Mm. So I hired on Becca and my first call with her, she said, I never do this. She said, but you need help like today. She's like, before we talk on the phone next week and do our next coaching call, like I need you to go ahead and hire somebody. I don't care who that somebody is, but you need a virtual assistant doing admin tasks. Like you need help on the clerical side, bare minimum. And she was like, and once you've hired that person, let's talk about hiring more people. So that was how I ended up with my first virtual assistant. And so the day that I hired the virtual assistant, which was literally like two days later, like I just put a posting up and I was like, please come take this job. I interviewed a couple people and I just hired somebody on the spot. I made a post on my Instagram and I was like, just hired my first employee. Like, you know, I was super excited, right? Like, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, that's a big moment. It was a big moment. It was huge for me because it was really hard for me to let anybody into anything I did. Um, just because you get like stuck in this mentality and it's so silly looking back, like people can't do it as well as I can do it. But what people don't see is when you're doing a thousand different tasks, you can give like 1% to each of those tasks, right? But if you have someone who's just working on email, just working on the Facebook group, it explodes, right? Like there's so much more room because they've got full focus on one task. Whereas I was focusing on literally a thousand tasks. So on top of my full-time job, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah, this is nuts. So yeah. it was nuts. And basically I made that little post about hiring my first employee and somebody I used to go to school with reached out. She said, hey, you know, we had connected ironically again because we went to nursing school together. And then we graduated nurse practitioner school at the same time. So everybody's in all the same student groups. So we kind of reconnected a little bit because she posted her study calendar and I used part of her study calendar to prepare for more. <laughs> and yeah. she's like, if you ever need any help, just let me know. You know, I'm a stay at home mom right now. I just had my baby. Like I've got time and I've got the flexibility to do it. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I'll keep that in the back of my mind. And so just having the assistant alone I literally, within like two weeks of that, had an idea for a brand new program that was going to be live. So everything I had up to that point was recorded. I'd always wanted to do something live. My students were asking yeah. for something live, but I never wanted it to be live in like the generic way that everyone else was doing it, if that makes sense. Because for me, 
as a student, I didn't find value like in the conference style or webinar style review where it's just like two 10 hour days back to back, your brain's exploding. Like every Yes, I did that. I yes, did that too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was so painful. It was so painful when I was like, if I ever make anything live, I don't want to be anything like that. That's my goal. And so yeah. in that those first two weeks, I was like, I think I've got an idea that can work. I said, because I already know my courses are working because we can see all the student success in the Facebook group, which is really fun. Because every time somebody passes, they come in the group and like post like, oh, I passed, blah, 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 all the good stuff, which I still read. And people don't believe me, but I really, I still read every single passing post mm. because it just brings my heart so much joy. Like it's just like the core yeah. of everything that I want to do. I had the idea for something called the Live Study Group Program, which is basically a five week program where I prepare you for boards and you get like little bits of video every day. So you get the recorded courses and then we meet up every two weeks and I'm like, okay, you've already learned the content, right? So let's interact, let's talk about it and let's make sure you know the content, right? So there are like all the things that I was needing as a student, I needed the structure of the calendar. I needed somebody to hold me accountable. We have a private community in there. So I needed someone reputable to answer my questions and nobody out there was doing that either. I mean, it was all just like students on Facebook feeding off of each other. So, I mean, it was just like massive yeah. confusion. Really the whole like bulk of the program is to build up confidence. So you've got the content, you can build up confidence in the sessions. Ideally at the end of the five weeks, you take the test. So even in just those two weeks, I had the idea for that. And so I called Anna up and I was like, Hey, I've got this idea. It's kind of crazy. I don't know if it's going to work, but I think it's going to work. I think it's going to be like, I think it's going to be slow to start out with because there's a lot of uh, student education that goes into that program because it is so different. People are like, what are you doing? What's happening here? Like they need education before they buy, obviously. Uh, I was like, but the one thing I do know is I'm going to need help. And so I was like, just come on, do the chat box with me and I'll do the teachings and we can talk about the rest later. And we pretty much never looked back. She is now my chief operations officer. She rips and runs just as hard as I do every single day. We're like in constant communication. She was like, it was literally, it was fate. She was the best decision I ever made for my business was bringing her oh. on with me. Um, and so we've been able to grow at the rate we've had because I've had her alongside me as well. So I think Becca oh, was a huge so piece. Go ahead. I want to stop you here because what you're saying is there's so many nuggets and we just have to pick them up before we walk past them. <laughs> but what you're saying is that you had the right people on the bus, yeah. right? So like one of the big things about business and understanding how to grow a business is I hear over and over and over and over again that getting the right people to help you build is tantamount to anything. Huge. It's even more important than the mission. It's even more important than values at some points yeah. it's really important who is working with you and that's one of the things that i think is so cool that you're pointing out but that also you just did it and you figured it out oh. right and so a lot of people get so hung up and like oh but i don't have it all figured out i don't have it all planned out i don't really know if this is gonna work i think it might work i don't know okay so i will do nothing and it's like no just go do it yeah Even just if you start no it's gonna work just start and so those are two nuggets that I'm hearing from what you're saying that are just so critical. And I really want nurse practitioners to understand that, especially those that are thinking about side hustles or businesses or what can I do or what can I build? Just go try it. And what's the worst that can happen? If it fails, you're right back where you were and you just try, try something else. Those are really awesome nuggets. And um, 
I guess my follow-up question from that, and again, we kind of go into your journey is when did you decide that you wanted to become a nurse and kind of walk me through this point where you were like, cause you didn't wake up one day, Sarah, and have a seven figure business and people no. <laughs> on the, on the bus getting to the dream and the journey. You didn't just wake up with this stuff. You built it over time. And so take me a little bit about, I always want to hear people's like, I decided to become a nurse when mm -hmm. stories. I think those are really cool. And then kind of walk me through, I guess we talked a little bit about, but just kind of walk me through quickly, like how you got to where you did start the business. Walk, walk me through your process, because I really want to know when you were like, I think I'm just going to like give out this education <laughs> to all my classmates. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how it sounds crazy to hear. So I think there's two parts to that. I decided to be a nurse. I decided to be a nurse. And then I had to re-decide to be a nurse. So what I mean by that is like growing up, both my parents are school teachers. They're middle school teachers. And so like I always envisioned myself, ironically, being a teacher. I didn't really necessarily think about medicine as much. But my parents very much pushed me. I grew up in eastern Kentucky. It was very impoverished. It was very rural. They're like education is your ticket, right? Education will always mm. be your ticket. And so they didn't super love being teachers. There's a lot of politics that go on with being teachers. And so sure. when I was going to college, they really pushed me choose something in the medical field because you're going to have job security, but you're also going to have the education piece. You're going to have opportunities. These are our big goals, basically. And so yeah. with their push, I knew there's no way because I paid for school on my own. And I wasn't like eligible for like the grants and stuff and all that good stuff. My parents made just a little bit too much money. So no, it's gonna be paying for school. I know. Yeah. Painful. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like we're we're not poor enough. Yeah. Thanks, but we're, we're still not wealthy. Not really yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I paid for school on my own, and I knew I wasn't gonna be able to afford medical school, and they probably wouldn't even be able to co-sign for those big of loans. So I was like, <sighs> what am I gonna do? Right. So I decided to be a nurse, but I always had like the teacher part of me like in the back of my brain. And so I was halfway through nursing school. And whenever I tell the story, I always say there's three sides of a story. There's my side, their side, and the truth. But from my point of view, I, I had a panic attack during clinical one day. And so they pulled me aside after the clinical. And they're like, you know, you've kind of struggled in this class. It was the first class I'd ever struggled in. It was the hardest one of all nursing schools. So I like to throw the caveat out there. because which, which class was it? It was my med search class. Oh, okay. It was just, yeah, it was a doozy. Such... It's a doozy. So, it's a doozy to work in and a doozy to learn in. Yeah. yeah. All the pieces, like every, like, I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing's a doozy. Um, so <laughs> I hadn't done so great on the first test. I had gotten by on the second test. I had the panic attack in clinical. And so basically they pulled me aside and they're like, do you really want to be a nurse? Like, do you think you have what it takes being this anxious, we have a lot of reservations about you continuing in this field with this level of anxiety. And so I had originally wanted to be a teacher. I kind of fallen into nursing. I thought it would be a good fit. And then I was challenged of like, is this something that's a good fit for you? And I couldn't even totally decide at the time. I was like, maybe I'll kind of switch majors. Maybe I'll try to pursue um, a master's in like higher education, public administration, like something along those lines. Like I just get through school and do do more work, do more graduate school, that sort of thing. But ultimately what it came down to is I had those student loans. And so I was basically going to start from scratch if I started on any other degree. And so I was like, I've just yeah. got to do it, right? And so 
the kind of the magic moment that happened is with the push of having people that didn't believe in me and didn't think I could do it because of my anxiety, I finally figured out that class. So, I mean, I didn't pass the first test, literally like the last test in that semester, I I think I got like a 94% on or something crazy. Like I had figured it out. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I've got this. And so what that allowed me to do, because I figured out that tough class that everybody struggles with is I got asked to be a tutor. And so when I started tutoring, I was like, this is it. This lights me up. I am so excited about this. I love to teach. Like, this is like, I feel it's the perfect mesh because I'm going to have this degree. I'm going to be able to be a nurse and do that. But I'm also, I have this opportunity to educate on the side. And it was kind of my first side hustle, which I didn't realize at the time. And so I was like, okay, like I love tutoring. How do I keep doing this? And so yeah. it got a little bit more complicated when I actually graduated school and became a nurse because I was working night shifts, I was working crazy hours, all this stuff. And so I decided that even though I'd only been a nurse for just about a year, I was going to go ahead and get my master's in nursing education because I was like, if I don't use it today, that's cool. I'll use it in the future. I know I will. Because I just wanted like yeah. some clinicals or something. So I got that. But at that point, I was like kind of in the groove of school, right? And my employer was paying for my graduate education. So they paid for my master's in nursing education. And they were about to take away the payments for graduate school education. So I was like, if I'm going to do any more school, this is it. And so I signed up for my postmaster's program to be an FNP. And so I just kept rolling through, rolling through, rolling through. But what I always tell people too is, I told my my now husband when I signed up for nurse practitioner school. He was bay. He was bay at the time. Oh, he was bay at the time. He, now he's husband. He was bay. And he survived. <laughs> I was like, after he survived me in school for all that time and all the crazy hours I worked, like planning a wedding, like we're we're soulmates. Like we're here for life. Um, <laughs> once we figured all this out, God bless. So no, I don't even remember what I was saying. Now I was just so distracted with my husband, but. No, you were saying that you were planning all this stuff and you were, oh gosh, Oh, I, where were you? I think I know what I was going to say. I told him when I applied for school. You're working, getting your postmasters. I told him that even if I never used a degree, I still wanted it because I thought it was going to make me a better educator. And I genuinely meant that when I said it and I still mean it today. And so. You're talking about your post, like the post certification yeah, that you got. Because I was like, if yeah. I'm a nurse practitioner, it only makes me a better educator all the way around. Even if I'm just teaching nurses. And so in the midst of getting that degree is when I actually started teaching nursing students. And I was like, yeah, this is it. Like, I thought this was it, but this is definitely it. Like, this lights me up. Um, And being able to address people with anxiety and kind of have that one-on-one impact was really, really cool for me. Uh, I felt like, almost like tear up thinking about it because I felt like I came full circle. But Oh, that's really cool. It is really cool. I I can think of a couple of students in particular. I'll tell you just one story. Basically, I was in clinicals, and it was in a nursing home. So it was, like, fundamental clinicals I was doing at the time. And yeah. it's so funny to, like, look back on yourself then. I'm sure she'll look back at herself and laugh about this. But she was so anxious to even, like, walk in the patient's room. And, like, where I went to school, that wouldn't have flown. <laughs> that wouldn't have been a thing. <laughs> so we literally, like, we took a lap outside around the building to get her some fresh air. And I was like, okay, kind of walk me through what you think it's going to look like when you walk in there, like what you think you're going to say, what you think they might say, like the assessment that we're going to do together, like all these pieces. 
I said, run it out here with me, get your nerves out here. And then we can walk in and we can do it together. So I was like, you won't even be alone to do it. Cause I don't, I don't like students to do things alone anyways. Um, and so even just giving her five minutes to kind of bring herself together, she was able to walk in the room. She did a really great job. I was like, I knew you could do a really great job. You just got so tangled up in your head, which is pretty much what happened to me when I was preparing for my board exam, because I had an excellent education, like an excellent, excellent nurse practitioner education. It was top notch, but that board exam wigged me out. I don't know like what it was. I don't know mm -hmm. if it was just the pressure. I don't know if I just had a lot of things going on at one time because I was working two full-time jobs at the time and preparing for boards or lots of pizza I'm a workaholic, if you can't tell. Sarah, you're like, you, I was going to say, you're like high octane in everything you do. No, you're I'm just like, running. Two jobs. I'm running. I, was, I wasn't sleeping. No, it's fine. <laughs> I'm just running all the time. And so I got to a point where, like, I was making myself physically sick over the exam. I tried to do every review I could get my hands on, just, like, all the pieces. And then I was so aggravated when I took the exam. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you're enjoying the conversation. I want to take a second to remind you guys to join the Dr. Nurse Podcast email list. Weekly, I send out emails about podcast episodes, blogs I'm creating, with information about nursing, motherhood, finance, health and wellness, how to build side hustles. It's all there. I want to provide nurses with information that I'm gleaning as I grow my business and my podcast. And now I have to tell you guys about today's sponsor. The Dr. Nurse Podcast is sponsored by The Network Nurse. You guys know that I love Savannah Arroyo and her whole team at The Network Nurse. I've actually had her on my podcast, so check out her episode if you're wanting to know more about her and what she does. Her Network Nurse team is on a mission to empower nurses to take control of their net worth. The Network Nurse is an educational site where nurses come together to learn about wealth building strategies. Their website has blogs, instructional downloads, video courses on real estate and investing, personalized coaching, and an interactive and growing community of like-minded individuals. The Net Worth Nurse has everything you need to grow wealth. Be sure to check them out in the links in my show notes, and let's get back to the conversation. Because I took the exam in less than an hour. It's 175 questions. So obviously, like, I knew my stuff, right? And I was like, why in the world was I this strung out over this? Like, this wasn't that bad. I knew all the content, even from school. Like, I needed to refresh a little bit to take the exam, but I got the content in school. Sure. I just needed the anxiety piece. And so that's how I was like, okay, I was the first person in my class to test. Cool. Let me just put out this little review and see if I can help anyone else with anxiety because. At that point in time, I kind of felt really alone again. It kind of reminded me of being in nursing school because I was like, I'm super anxious, but it's like nobody around me is super anxious. And what I realize now is nobody was talking about being anxious. That was the real thing. Um, That's it. Because That's it. Yep. when we got all the people in this group, this Facebook group, I was like, holy crap, like everybody is anxious. Like everybody's like hair is falling out. Like it's so stressed about taking this exam. And so... I ended up striking this chord with people that I just never really anticipated just by making a course that was geared at what I wanted, essentially. And so really the first like 
three, four months of just talking to all those students. We really co-created a lot of the courses together. Like I would get feedback from people. I'd make adjustments to the videos. Like we would maneuver. Like my original course that was three hours, I literally like made in a weekend and just like put it up there to see what people would think. I think it's on like a 10th rendition now. Like it's kind of wild. <laughs> It's been a crazy journey. An incredible journey. It's been crazy. That's an incredible journey. It's been so fun. What I like, uh, yeah, what I like about your journey too is that there's a level of vulnerability and realness oh. that I'm hearing as you were like, I was anxious. I was scared. Like walking that student around the building. Yeah. Like I can imagine now she probably, like, I would just think that'd be such a pivotal moment as a yeah. nursing student to have a, a professor that really just like literally walked along side person. and was just like, you're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. And because of your experience with anxiety and what you went through, it made you that much more able to connect to where people really are. I just think that just makes you so much more marketable as you are more real, more like, Hey, I was struggling with this. Like, this was really hard. And people are like, yeah, me too. Like, cause that's yeah. what we all want, right? We all want to be seen. Absolutely. We all want to be known. And then to have somebody step into it with us. And Brene Brown talks about this all this mm. all the time about vulnerability and why it's so, why it's so life-changing because it's at that very moment, right? Like you could have looked down at her in the pot of her anxiety and just been like, must be really hard yeah. in there. Mm. Good luck. <laughs> You know, when you're ready, yeah. we'll be out here. But you were like, no, no, I'm going to climb down into the hole with her. And I'm going to walk around in the anxiety. And I'm going to just sit with her in it. And then I'm going to tell her, like, it's not that bad. It's going to be okay. Let's just go out That's there. all I ever needed. And she was fine. Yeah. And so maybe that was all we that you ever needed. Exactly. This, this headphone is just not working. <laughs> maybe that was all that you ever needed. And so, yeah, like, see how much better you can give to someone else when you're in touch with what's been going on inside of you and doing that work on your own emotional state. And yeah, I think the transparency out, like, what, part what is really important because a lot yeah. of people, you know, it was actually really hard for me to say, I was really anxious about taking the exam. And it even took me a little bit of time to figure out, even after I made the course, that that was inadvertently what I had geared it towards. Like, if you had asked me in the very beginning, like, I wouldn't have said this is a test anxiety review. I would have said, like, this is a really great content review. Like, I'm an educator. Like, I put time into this, all this junk, right? Not that it's junk. It's, it's a great content sure. review, too. But ironically, I was doing a podcast episode last year. I was being interviewed by the Resume RX, and she was asking me something I don't even remember now. And it just, like, clicked in my brain. I was like, why have people lashed onto this so much so quickly? I was like, it's it's all the test anxiety piece. It's all just meeting people where they're at, being really open with how I'm feeling. Like it was even hard for me. I hid my face on my business for a long time just because it was really hard for me to put myself out there like that. Like that is not me. And so like I went, I think it was from like May all the way until March of the following year no one ever saw my face like nobody even knew what I looked like so that way I could feel open to talk so about beautiful. things <laughs> so it was just it was oh my God. it was so intimidating for me for people I was like people are gonna think I'm crazy people are gonna think I'm nuts and I'm like no like there are tons of people that are anxious out there number one but number two anxiety can make oh. you a really great provider and I was like and I feel like people miss that and they definitely missed that when I was in school because 
I became an oncology nurse and I promise you, like my anxiety helped me and I saved a lot of patients because I was super diligent all the time. Like I was super aware. So I never want anyone to feel ashamed of their anxiety. It's really important to me. And it was really hard for me to open up, put my face on things, talk about it openly on Instagram. Now, like I I could do an Instagram story any moment, be like anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. But back then it was really, really tough to be that open and that transparent. But actually one of our core values in my company is transparency and along with that empathy as Mm. well. Yeah. Yeah. We need more of that in the world. We we need more people that are being real because it's how we connect. And I think that there's so much that's wrong, you know, and it's, it's so strange because of COVID and how Mm. people are now more distant and more separate and you're more alone with your thoughts and you're more by yourself and social distance, 14 feet. And so like all these things, like it's not just a social distance away from people physically. It's also becoming a social distance spiritually, emotionally, everyone's struggling because they think I'm the only one because you just live in this little world by yourself. And I think it's so great to bring awareness to the fact that like, Hey, listen, like I am, I was actually really good at this, but I was still anxious so many times throughout the process, but you used your strengths, you used your weaknesses and the things that the world sees as weak as a way to grow a very successful business. You were using the anxiety that you were thought, oh, this is a weakness, this is a chink in my armor to really be the thing that you're like, no, this is how I connect to people. Yeah. Like there's this book by Malcolm Gladwell, it's talks about, it's called David and Goliath. And he talks about the thing that you think makes you strong. Sometimes it's actually the thing that makes you weak. Yeah. And the thing that makes you weak <laughs> is actually the thing that makes you strong and how in the world of thinking, Oh, this, you know, Goliath size strength that I have can actually be the thing that you brings you down. But this little tiny David like weakness that you think, Oh, this is never going to conquer that big thing is actually the thing that people connect the most with. So do that, be that little thing that you think nobody will connect to. This is so ugly. Nobody wants to see it. It's actually the thing that everybody wants. You've got to be real. Um, You've got to be authentic. So I think that there's a lot of that in business and people put on personas. Um, There is no place for that in my business. Like it is like literally last week, if you had seen my Instagram stories, like we had a tornado cross through, like power lines were down, chaos was happening. So I was like, Y'all, I was supposed to get on here today and talk about my webinar, but we have power lines down, our generators out, we have baby chicks. Like we've got all these things going on right now. So today is not the day to be talking about the webinar. Well, baby chicks, they need their heat. And so without the heat, I mean, it's all yeah. going down. So I definitely Just think- put them under your little wings. <laughs> I, come on here with me. I think yeah. you have to be really <laughs> authentic and really real. And that's not something you can overlook. Yeah. Either. I think it's so important. I love that. Man, that is so many nuggets there. And so another thing that I like to talk about on the podcast is, so you didn't always have blue skies, right? Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't always just rainbows, butterflies, unicorns. Like there were moments you're like, Sarah, this is not, this is not working. And this is a moment. Yep. We got to sink or swim or whatever it is. Can you describe maybe a moment that you were like, this this might be it. I don't know if I'm going to make it, but you did. And it's even better or, you know, whatever. Like there's some moment like that you can think about. If I ever write a book someday, which is definitely a goal, because I think this is like, 
I think everything that's happened <laughs> yes, to me, like in the last five right. years, would be really cool for a book. Uh, there's a lot of stories I could tell. So if I write a book someday, one of the stories I will definitely tell will be about the first time I tried to get a website done. So I needed a website horribly. I needed to be able to sell stuff without it going through me every single time. It is. It wasn't feasible. It wasn't making sense. I wanted to release more courses, all the things, and so. I didn't even have time to look for a website designer. I literally told my husband, I said, find whoever you can on Google. I really don't even care what it looks like. Like if it functions and we can run subscriptions, I'm cool. That, that's great. And so we, he found yeah. this guy online. He actually found a couple of guys and we chose the cheapest one because that was how I started my business. I'm like all bare bones, right? Which looking back, what you get for what you yeah. pay for. Um, and so we told the guy yeah. from the very beginning, like, this is going to be subscription. Here's what we're aiming for, et cetera. And essentially he had a template. He was just plugging everything in, like all the words. And I wrote all the words for the website myself. So really his big piece was doing the subscriptions. So I geared up myself and my customers for almost a month and a half. Like I've got a website coming. I've got a website coming. I've got a website coming. It comes to three days before the website's supposed to launch. He tells me that subscriptions are impossible and those will never be able to be done. And nobody else in the industry is doing that. I'm like, well, you're not in my industry anyway, so I don't know what the world you're talking about. And essentially the whole website imploded when I was talking to him about it on the phone. I'm like, I'm pretty quiet. I'm pretty reserved. I know it probably doesn't feel that way on this podcast today. I've had a lot of caffeine. It was getting kind of heated on the phone and he told me, he said, if you're too emotional to talk about it, I can just call and talk to your husband later. And I thought my head was going to explode off my body. Like, I don't think I've ever been so angry in my life. I was like, here I've created this successful business. I just want a website to be able to put oh things God. out to people. You're telling me subscriptions are impossible. First of all, almost nothing is impossible. Like, impossible is like not even in my vocabulary at this come, point. Come like, Impossible doesn't exist to me. Um, yes. And so yes. for then for you to demean <laughs> and belittle me like that. And so I told him, I said, I don't care what it is. Take, take the website down. I don't ever want to speak to you again. I'm definitely not speaking to my husband later. I don't want any piece of this because I can't have people anywhere near my business that A, don't believe in me and my business, but B, also would be so belittling and demeaning either. Like, come on. Like, why? Yeah. And there have been a couple of red flags on the way. There have been one point we were talking about the website. He, like, compared what I was doing to, like, women that run bake sales. And I was like, that's not it, but, but thank you. But, yeah, basically, <laughs> me twitching. Um, essentially, <laughs> my website was just gone overnight. And we had to start over from scratch. And we had to find somebody else. And so... That doesn't sound like a big deal. It was really hard to find somebody else. A, it's a big deal. it took another yeah. month, month and a half of time. B, and C, it didn't work when I finally got it up too. So literally at the top, if you canceled your subscription, I would have to go in manually and give you access till the end of your paid month. And that was actually when I about like closed down the business altogether because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know anything about websites. Now, like I've created even more work for myself. Like I'm still talking to all these people just about yeah. different things now. And it wasn't a week after that, once I started fixing all these canceled subscriptions every day that I hired the business coach. So I was like, 
if I don't figure something out, like time management wise and just like mental health wise, like no business to me has ever worked sacrificing my mental health ever. And it was getting to a point I was sacrificing mm. my mental health by running those crazy hours and talking to so many people all the time and dealing with people yeah. like that guy. So that for me was a really pivotal point in my business because number one, I had to have the confidence in myself that I was going to be able to figure it out and tell this guy to just go away, which is really hard. Uh, but number two, then to Fuck like, off, bro. yeah, really go away. Please don't ever speak to me again. But number two, <laughs> having to figure it out after that point, when I've got all these people now that are depending on me and my stuff working. And that was really, really hard because it was a lot easier when I was just running it for Zoom and I knew for sure it was going to work. It was a whole different ordeal having a website. Painful. Wow. That is an incredible journey. And, you know, as you're describing it too, I was, I was thinking about the fact that it's a lot of the journeys from entrepreneurs that I hear, there's this moment that just feels like a breaking point. And then they're like, I can't do this anymore. And then something happens and they keep going. Yeah. And I love that you say that nothing is impossible. That word is not in your vocabulary because that, once you get that mindset of like, everything is possible. I can do anything. I can figure it I out. I just need to open up my mind. I can figure it out. Now you're not afraid. There's no fear. Yeah. In the, there's fear in the world. There's fear in the word impossible. There's no fear in living in everything is possible. And so I just got to figure it out. And it opens up your mind. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I can figure this out. This is figure out. This is figure outable, or whatever that word is. I can never say it. But everything is figure outable, right? And so you can figure it out. Don't panic. Don't. Don't. You know. Just don't give up. Keep going. And yeah, look, look what you've been able to do if you just kept going. This is just yeah. so inspiring, Sarah. I just think it's so incredible. So my last question is, what is a piece of advice for a new nurse that you would say at the beginning, if you were talking to Sarah and she's just anxious and she's just finishing stuff and she's still pushing and she's not sleeping and she's on caffeine and she's doing all her stuff. You were like piece of advice mm -hmm. for her to keep and a piece of advice that you would tell her, toss it. It's garbage. Mm -hmm. What would you say? So I always like to remind myself and I try to remind like my past self too, in a way you make the best decisions with the information that you have at the top. And so like when I hired that website designer, for example, that was the best information I had at the time. So I think if I could like go back in time, I would just be like, give yourself a little bit of grace because I was so hard on myself, especially in the beginning. And even today, I'm still hard on myself. Like it's not like it magically went away, like I'm successful, but always my biggest piece of advice to people getting going other than just get started. I hate to say that because I feel like it's like generic and cliche, but oh my God, please just get started. Whatever it is you want to do, like people get lost in analysis paralysis, like just put it out there, see what happens. It will be messy. It won't be perfect. In my first course, I felt like it was perfect. It was messy. It was messy all the way around, but it was fun. And, you know, we figured it out. And as it grew, we remaneuvered all those things. But give yourself grace to, for it to be a little bit messy. Give yourself some grace to make some mistakes along the way because they're going to happen no matter what, especially if you're new in business. I knew nothing about business. I'm still learning about business every day. Like I'm always trying to absorb more information, but it just comes along with time. And then... To delete, that one's a little bit harder. I think in a lot of ways, kind of to tie back to what I was already kind of saying too, the delete the analysis paralysis, number one, just throw something out there. 
but also the leap of being so hard on yourself. I think part of why we are so hard on ourselves is we've spent all this time, all this money, we've got all this education. There's, it feels like there's all this just pressure all the time, but there doesn't have to be this level of pressure. And so mm-hmm. that's really up for you to decide how you want to maneuver that. But I think I answered your question. I got a little bit on a tangent there, but analysis paralysis. No, no, no. I I think you did. Yeah. And I think that what you're saying is you've got to look and see what life looks like for you. Like you can't judge that based on other people and what they decide looks like success. And so you said something. And and again, the last part of the the interview is the rapid fire questions. And so I want to ask you maybe rapid firely, you know, I do my rapid fire questions, questions, questions. (laughs) Um, I have to do the echo part. It has to be dramatic. But I want to ask you, what does success look like to you? Because you just Mm -hmm. said that word. You said, you know, now that I'm successful, but like, what does that, how do you define that? Just, if you can just spit out like what it looks like, is it a number for you? Is it a lifestyle for you? Is it a, what is it? What does success look like to Sarah Michelle? I always thought success was and That's my rapid fire, which is, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm quiet. I always thought success was a number. Always, always, always. I'm like, when I hit this, when I hit this, success is not a number. Success is for me personally, Tom freedom and time flexibility and getting to do the things that I want to do with my time and setting my own day. So like last week when the tornado hit, I took a couple of days off and that was okay to do because I had the flexibility to do so. And so working in that grind and having two full-time jobs and doing all that stuff, I never had any freedom of time and it drove me nuts and it made me insane. And so I think that's what I was craving so badly. And I think it's part of why I love business so much. Hmm. Guys, that, that, I know that was a heavy rapid fire, but I really <laughs> wanted to hear that because I was like, she, yeah, that was a heavy rapid fire. So that couldn't be rapid, but it was perfect. And so rapid fire, here we go. What is your favorite animal? Ooh, favorite animal? I would say I'm biased right now. It's probably my baby chicks. <laughs> oh, your baby chicks right now. And okay. What are you watching on Netflix and chill? Like, do you Netflix and chill? And if you do, what are you watching? We're watching Still Magnolias right now, and we kind of rotate through. We also do Love is Blonde. I like things I don't really have to think about to watch. Like, I like fun things to watch. So we watched a lot of Love is Blonde here recently. <laughs> yeah. Is that that one show where they, like, get married? They start dating behind the door or yeah, something the like pod, that, and then they, the like, pod. meet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pods. Yeah, yeah. That's such a crazy show. I think there was one, ep- I think there was one season where, like, the girl was so horrible that like people made memes about oh, her. Like yes. that she was that like was season one. I remember <laughs> yes. yes. Oh my gosh, that show is so much fun. Yeah, I could totally see why you'd watch that. And then you don't have to think. It literally is just brainless. You just sit there and you're like, okay, this is great. Very entertaining. <laughs> well, thank you for your time today, Sarah. This has been you've dropped so many nuggets, so many truth bombs. I know people are gonna get something out of everything that you said today. Do you want to do a shameless plug? Let people know where to find you, where they can get your content, um, all the things that you're involved in. Well, thank you so much for listening to me and all of my caffeine tangents this morning. So you can follow me at Sarah Michelle MP on Instagram. That's probably my favorite spot for you to follow me. I feel like that's where I get to connect the most through stories and stuff. But you can also check out our student Facebook group, which is literally called like Sarah Michelle study group. So you can find out really easily. And you can also connect through my website, which is www.mpreviews with an S.com, not mpreview, mpreviews.com, plural. 
but those are all the ways to get into contact with me. Perfect. And it was a website made by someone who is not a misogynist. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, absolutely. They have a wonderful website team now. I'm just kidding. I had to throw that in there. No, I might take good. that out. I don't know. I might leave it. I don't know. Who, who knows? Anyway, no, I love it. I had so much fun, Sarah. Thank you for your time today. And guys, don't forget to enjoy the journey of your career. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you. So that's a wrap. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave me a review. If you like the show, I would love to get five stars. The Dr. Nurse podcast is on the World Wide Web, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, and TikTok. Subscribe to my newsletter for updates on new podcast episodes and other information to help you on your own nursing journey. You can always message me at the Dr. Nurse podcast at gmail.com with any career professions that you are interested in hearing about. And just a friendly reminder, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only, and the information should not be used in substitute for professional care by a medical provider. The information in this podcast does not represent medical or professional advice or services.